Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. Big developments tied to the FBI raid of President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. And also, what's ahead for the former president for the upcoming midterm elections and beyond? Well, our next guest is former advisor to President Trump and also President Clinton. He's also the author of an awesome new book, which is called appropriately The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, Dick Morris. Dick, great to have you here. Great to be here, Rita. The original title for the book was The Second Coming, but I figured that might be presumptuous. <laughs> so when did you decide to change the name? Was there? Did it come to you in the middle of the night, or when did that happen? No, no, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> By the way, there are many people in America who may agree with you that maybe you should have stayed yeah. with the first, even though you're being facetious. Boy, That's just right. overall, you look at the country right now, and the title of the podcast is protecting America. First of all, what a mess from a security standpoint. And people are saying, when is that second return of this president of the former president coming? Of course. Of course. There is some significant progress, though, politically. You can't follow the mainstream press to understand it. But that's kind of our job. Until now, the Democratic strategy was to deny Trump the nomination. And their strategy was based on encouraging DeSantis or Pence or Nikki Haley or somebody to run against him in the primary. And it looked for a while like that might happen. But then Trump reeled off this series of wins every week in different states. His candidates obliterating the establishment candidates who were largely backed by Mitch McConnell. And that convinced everybody that Trump had a lock on the Republican primary electorate. So nobody's going to challenge him. It's like Winston Churchill once said about a land war in Asia against Japan. He said it's like going into the water to fight the shark. (laughs) And I think that nobody's going to challenge Trump. I think that he'll clearly run, and I think he'll get the nomination by acclamation without a primary fight, which is unique in history for a non-incumbent. And I think that accolade has come with a price among the Democrats because they've decided they can't beat him legitimately at the ballot box because they know that it's probably going to be a Republican year. They know the economy is terrible and they feel that they cannot deny Trump the nomination no matter how hard they try. And they have to keep him out of the White House at all costs because he represents an existential threat to them because he seals their base. Imagine the Democratic Party is a statue, and there's Trump chiseling away at the pedestal, and everything comes crashing down. He took the blue-collar vote, he's taking the Hispanic vote, and he's taking the millennial vote away from the Democrats, and they can't live with that. So the tactic they're resorting to is terrible. It's based on legal fictions, indictments, and raids. And it's all designed to keep Trump from even appearing on the ballot. What they're seeking to do is to invoke the 14th Amendment that was passed right after the Civil War 
1866 in the first congressional election since the since Appomattox. And in that election, the southern there were four southern states that were readmitted to the Union, and they all returned delegations to Congress of Confederate generals and former officials in the Confederate government. So the Congress wasn't having any of that, and they tacked on to the 14th Amendment that was passing in that, that month, a uh, provision that if you were involved in insurrection against the American government, you could not hold public office. And the Republicans, are tr- the Democrats, are trying to stretch that beyond its limit and say that the January 6th riot was, in fact, not a mob that went bad, not a group that went crazy, but a revolution, an insurrection against the government. And Trump's role in it was to incite the the insurrection, even though all he did was to express his opinion that the election was rigged and certainly is entitled to at least that opinion. And the Democrats tried to get evidence of greater malfeasance on Trump's part in the January 6th committee. But it failed. There was nothing adduced, and that's basically because there's nothing there, because it's totally untrue. So the backup plan was the Mar-a-Lago raid, and that is this is not about the archives, either. Archives have nothing to do with it. Archives will knock some historian will knock himself out in ten years reading the archives. It was the archives was the only thing they could get a search warrant for because they needed probable cause and they don't have probable cause to search for January 6th documents. So they went in, they got in over the search warrants and archives, and what they're really looking for is January 6th evidence to knock Trump off the ballot. And their argument that the archives were somehow important because of secrets and nuclear codes and all that is belied by the fact that they took a year and a half to go after them. And they, meantime, they were gathering dust in Trump's file cabinet. But the problem is, is that they might well be able to get an indictment against Trump for the crime of sedition, meaning plotting to overthrow the government, because they can go to a Washington, D.C. grand jury. And that's, as you know, is crammed with Democrats. And if they have a ham sandwich on trial, it's a Republican. They can indict him. And we may have to face the possibility, which is a big reason I wrote the return that we may have to vote for Trump while he is under indictment. And wow. that would be a first in American history, but so are two impeachments in one term. And that is the Democratic plan. Now, that's half the plan. The other half of the plan is to intimidate the Trump voters by expanding the IRS into a police force designed to harass them. The idea that this package of IRS agents is designed to increase revenues is fanciful. They know that only that the top 1% would generate all the revenues. And they know that their tax shelters are very, very, very deep. And 87,000 IRS agents are not going to be helping unearthing them. So, but 95% of the audits the IRS conducts are basically to find hidden income. And people who make less than $25,000 a year are the targets of 95% of those audits. So what they're going to do is use their extra agents to audit every cab driver, every Uber driver, a waitress or waiter that relies on tips, bodega owner, mom and pop store, self-employed entrepreneur. 
And they'll audit them with the goal, not of raising money, but of intimidating them and stopping them from backing Trump. I think what will happen at millions of kitchen tables throughout America is that the IRS agents will come and say, look, we've been through your stuff. And last year, we think you underreported your income from tips by a significant amount. And that's a felony. Do you believe they're only going to go after Republicans at that, even if they're, you know, uh, cab drivers and so forth? That's a frightening tactic. That feels like McCarthyism. Well, it's worse. It's Gestapo. Yeah, they will. And then they'll come to them and say, you didn't report your tip income. You may have deducted a business dinner and we check with the restaurant. You ate alone and we can indict you for this. But you're a good guy. We're not going to do it. But don't provoke us. Just be careful. You know, that Trump sign you have outside on your lawn, that's, that's provocative. You don't want to be doing that. And that bumper sticker on your car, it's like a red flag. And for God's sakes, don't let my boss find out that you went to a Trump rally. You know, that makes him ballistic and God knows what he'll do. So our message is just be careful. And that's how totalitarian regimes in Eastern Europe, after the post-communist era, keep discipline. They don't send people to the gulags. They send the revenue people after them. And if you want proof that they would go that far, remember that the Tea Party won 62 seats in the House in 2010. And by 2013 or 14, they were out of business, not because of any loss of popular support, but because the IRS audited them to death. And they kept making document requests. We want the minutes of your meeting. We want your attorney to testify. We want this document and that document. And the overhead was so great that it bankrupted the Tea Party and they had to fold. And that is the tactic they're planning to use now. And so that when you combine, on the one hand, using the January 6th rubric to try to keep Trump off the ballot, and on the other hand, using the expansion of the IRS by 87,000 agents to terrorize and intimidate Trump's supporters, that's the Democratic strategy to beat Donald Trump. And to warn of that, that I wrote the return and to explain what it was. And absolutely. And everybody, we're talking to Dick Morris about his great book called The Return, where you did predict that there would be legal actions, heavy handed approaches. Why did you foresee this? Did you believe, just as you're saying, that there was sort of they're trying anything they can? And to that point, you just brought up, Dick, that you believe that we might be voting for a president who's indicted, just as you said, like in the D.C. district, you know, it's 90 percent plus Democrat. You can indict a ham sandwich there. Do you really think an indictment's coming? Yes, I do. And I think you may see Trump in handcuffs. You may see him in prison for a few hours and they will do any kind of provocation because they have got to try to keep him off the ballot because they know that if they don't, he's going to win. It's that simple. Wow, that is stunning. Do you think that's more likely to happen or less likely? What do you think the chances are? Very, very likely to happen. The Democrats have no other moves left. And I think the the raid on Mar-a-Lago and the expansion of the IRS are clear indications that that's where they're headed. What do you think they want the 87,000 agents for to, to order you know, some quadrillion in? No, they don't need that. Just one good accountant would do, forensic accountant can do that. What they need is a mass of agents for mass intimidation of millions of Americans. 
which doesn't that feel un-American too, Dick? I mean, did you ever think you've been covering politics? You've been on the forefront for so long, Dick Morris. When you hear this, that's a frightening thought that this is coming to this. And the more so for those of us who have worked in politics our whole lives. We're professionals and we disagree and we fight on the playing field, but we don't undermine the basic principles of America. And the Democrats are doing that. And it's open season now on Trump and his supporters. That is a frightening thing. And we're talking about tens of millions of supporters, as you know. What do you think his chances are of when he might announce? Do you think it'll be pre-midterms, post-midterms, and why? I think it'll be post-midterms. And I think that's because his accountant tells him he should do that so that his rallies are not coming right out of his campaign kitty. But it doesn't make any difference. He's locked up the Republican nomination now. Nobody is going to challenge him. Maybe Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney. But, you know, it's the first time in history that a non-incumbent candidate has been nominated by acclamation, which is what's going to happen. No roll calls. Just, you know, nominate by acclamation. Those in favor, aye, and it'll carry. So you believe he'll sail through? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. I think that his base is inured to this. I think we're all growing calloused and understand how far the Democrats will go. And when I compare Clinton and Trump in my mind, two guys I knew the best, Clinton was energized by adulation, which is part of his reason for his promiscuity. Trump is energized by challenge and adversity. And this is not going to drive him out. It's going to just invigorate him and empower him to continue to press hard. Yeah, I agree. I think, if anything, this will embolden him. And also, clearly, look, it's emboldening his base, too, Dick Morris. The polls are showing that the raid is working against the Democrats. Yeah, the midterm elections are all about turnout, because the central fact is that 60% of voting population does not vote in the midterms. So which is the 40 that does? And motivation is everything. And the Democratic strategy of going after Trump the way they are is backfiring massively and generating huge Republican turnouts. It looks at the Republican turnouts against the Democratic turnouts in the primaries, and they dwarf them. And it's clear that they have erred big time, but they had no choice. They need to try to knock him out legally because they can't do it politically. Where do you see everything with the raid headed? And do you believe, as you said, it's a fishing expedition? And are you surprised that under the premise of National Archives, as you eloquently said at the beginning here, Dick, and you know, I covered White House a long time. You and I go back many years, Dick Morris, and have known each other for many, many years. And I think about all the back and forth that used to happen with the National Archives, and it was just rudimentary. You know, there was always a president who had some documents, and, you know, I never thought in in a million years that a National Archives issue would lead to a raid of a former president's home. My goodness. Yeah, well, it didn't. It's completely pretextual. They're there to find out whatever they can. And the January 6th committee did not feel the evidence they wanted, and uh, they went to Mar-a-Lago to see if they could get it there. 
So do you believe this is going to drag on and on and on and even with this pretext? And how much do you think you brought up that you think the January 6th committee is trying to look for information through this raid? How much do you think that they're really adhering to? And right now, of course, no, no sort of independent party is looking it over. How much do you think that they're basically saying, hey, Tish James, on your investigation, here's this January 6th committee. Here's this. Like everybody, it's a free for all. Well, the January 6th committee is about to go out of business because they're going to lose the House and the Senate. So this is a Hail Mary to try to round up evidence in the absence of the committee. Tish James and the New York investigation is just to harass Trump. And the Fulton County investigation is to harass his supporters. But the January 6th committee is aimed directly at his heart in trying to keep him off the ballot. How much do you also believe that as soon as, you know, if indeed the Republicans take over the House, what, day one is going to be an investigation of, you know, first canceling the January 6th committee, as you bring up, but also it's going to be fair play. What about the investigation of Hunter Biden? Well, I think there will be a lot of that. But I think that for the Republicans to indulge in tremendous revenge taking would be a mistake. Remember that the Monica Lewinsky investigation was the first time in all of American history that the incumbent party did not lose seats in the House. The Republicans gained seats in the House because the 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 Democrats gained seats because the Republicans were seen as overreaching after they took control and just using their control for partisan motivation. So as much as we want to get even and you know, go back and go over their dirty laundry. I think it's much more important that we act in the interests of the people to try to deal with what the economy's got going. Now, of course, Biden will veto much, much of that, but I think it's very important that we'll win the Senate by probably 53 to 55 senators. The argument that McConnell's making that while we're doomed in the Senate is just self-serving. There are two elections going on, the Democrats against the Republicans for control of the Senate and Trump versus McConnell for control of the Republicans. And McConnell fielded candidates against Trump-endorsed candidates in every single major primary and lost every single major primary to Trump. And now those guys are about to take their seats in the Senate because they'll beat the Democrats. And McConnell is freaked about that and knows he'll be voted out as a leader. And to his everlasting shame, Mitch McConnell would rather be the minority leader of the Senate than have a fellow Republican other than him as the majority leader of the Senate. And he's perfectly prepared to gut his candidates by trash-talking them in order to deny somebody else the majority leadership. Isn't that stunning? And that is very insightful of you, Dick Morris, to notice that because, yeah, why would you be sort of dampening expectations? Go out and say that Oz is going to lose. I mean, why would he do that? And uh, he's not going to lose. Oz is great. He's running against a corpse and he's going to win. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> Before I let you go, Dick Morris, the biggest takeaway you want people to know from your great book, The Return, is obviously a lot of this is covered in it, and everybody got to get the book because it well, is right on. But I what's the biggest people, takeaway? I urge people who support Trump not only to read it, but to memorize it, because this outlines what we're going to have to go through to elect Trump. 
and what the Democrats are going to throw at us and how we can fight back. It's just very important to understand that before we go out on the playing field. Well, and boy, it looks like a big fight on the GOP side. Boy, politics are so divisive, like never before, it seems. And Dick Morris, you understand it so superbly well. I'm so glad to have you here on this great podcast, Protecting America. And thanks for all you do to care about this country. And another great book, everybody. I encourage you to get it. It is called The Return. Dick Morris, thank you for being here. Thank you, Rita. You know, you used to have the title, which was the only journalist I liked. (laughs) (laughs) There's somebody else you like? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back then I was for Clinton, and it was you were one of the only people that I regarded as fair. So anyway, you continue to be that. Thank you. That means so much. And I'm all for America and all for fairness and caring about this country. And I always love talking to you, Dick, and get your great, important perspective always, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.